the world of the unknown, and some would say, unbelievable. Pigman, Pigman, I don't know. People will know we're not Canadian at this point. Please. And that one is a, a true of... story. scared the crap out of me at first, and I thought, wow. I'm excited. Yeah, this is the first time we're trying it with me going in completely like blind, so we don't have the same notes on anything. Right. I'll be curious to see how it flows. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I was. Uh, I had a chance to see Trav uh, for the first time in a long time, and I was I was telling him a little bit about this and uh, kind of what we were doing and some of the ideas and different things we we're doing. And one of the things I mentioned to him, I was like, I was like, Bert's. Bert's amazing. He like actually types up like, you know, I, I, when I start taking notes, I bullet, I was like, bullet, Bert like types up like, you know, all this stuff. And, uh, what I didn't know was he, Travis said to me, he's like, Oh, I, I think I know where that comes from that you may not know. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, Burton's dad was like a journalist major in college. And I was like, what? I didn't know that about your dad. <laughs> yeah. That he like he went for like journalism and shit. Yep. Yeah, he sure did. That's pretty badass. It's I didn't know that about your fam. St. Bonaventure University, man. Back in the 80s, I think. Wow. Yep. So, so you, you've been in a, got a little bit of a natural journalistic uh, skill set there from yeah, your pops. I suppose. You know, he's definitely, he got me into reading books and whatnot and getting interested in <laughs> reading books. <laughs> you know, that's obviously putting it very simply, but yeah, he definitely yeah. got me into literature and, and actually being excited about reading books instead of it being like for school. Yeah. Definitely. And writing, writing possibly too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't know that ever about you until we started doing this that you actually like wrote. I mean... I don't really, but I guess yeah. it, it's just something that does kind of come naturally. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's something that I'd never really think about, but yeah, it's definitely something that I guess probably was from my dad. That's awesome, man, because uh, it's just awesome that you get excited to, or or you don't you don't look at writing as like a, a chore or a pain in the neck, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is <laughs> it's a good thing, especially for for doing stuff like this. You know, it can yeah. definitely turn into a chore real quick, but no, it's been fun so far. Nice. All right. We ready to get this thing rolling? Aye, aye, Captain. Have we come up with a name for this freaking thing yet? <laughs> I I know. I have no idea. I I literally have not thought too much about it other than I'm just always looking forward to getting on here with you and, and seeing what we do. All right. So it's just going to still be known as the Danny and Eric shit show hour. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Welcome to another edition of the Danny and Eric shit show hour. I'm Eric Burton alongside my good friend, Danny Walter. How goes Hello. it, Danny? It was pretty good. Good. You wearing pants tonight? Uh, Actually, I am. This is, <laughs> surprising. This is a first. I'm very surprising. Not shirt cocking it, huh? Nope, no Winnie the Pooh tonight. <laughs> Wish I could say the same. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Always wearing pants. Now, underwear. Underwear. Yeah. Ne never underwear. Oh, never no. Underwear. God damn it. Those are too restrictive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's for Quakers <laughs> and Protestants. 
So this week we're going to stay in the world of the creepy and the unknown. You know how I love that. Love it. And it's October, so it's fitting for this month. Spooky. Today we're going to actually discuss another lesser known cryptid like we did Mm. last episode. The old Ogopogo. We're going to be talking about, wait for it, the Bat Squatch. What? Are you serious? <laughs> Fucking bat squatch, bro. Unbelievable. Is that like a sitting position? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It should be. <laughs> Somebody look up the... Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is the uh, website for all the slang? Oh, uh, oh God. Urban Dictionary. That? Yeah, yeah. Somebody look up bat squatch on the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> it's got to be something fucked up. It's basically just taking a dump in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Although this cryptid is somewhat unknown, like the Ogopogo, at least to the casual observer of the paranormal, there is a difference where these two call home. Batsquatch has been spotted mostly around the mountains of the Pacific Northwest, whereas Ogopogo calls the waters of Lake Okanagan in British Columbia, Canada, home. This creature, unlike a good number of cryptids out there, is relatively new entry into the world of unrecognized species. There were no sightings of the bat squatch before the 1980s. Hmm. Before we get into what is known about the bat squatch, we need to get into the history of the area he has been most commonly seen. Of course, I'm talking about Mount St. Helens. And we all know Mount St. Helens, which is a volcanic peak within the Cascade Mountain Range in the southwestern part of Washington State, about 50 miles northeast of Portland, Oregon. It's a place I actually haven't been to yet, although I've lived in the Pacific Northwest for the last four years. Still haven't made my way down to Mount St. Helens. It's on my bucket list, though. It's actually only about a three-hour drive from me. Oh, that's not bad. And it's supposed to be a great hike, so I'd love to get out there and hike. But again, (laughs) it's one of those things. Well, especially 2020. Fucking COVID screwing everything up. Absolutely. Once we get past COVID, I think that's going to be one of my top spots to hit is get out and hike around Mount St. Helens. See if I can get a peek of the bat squatch. <laughs> this is really fascinating actually to me. I've, I've never heard about this one and bats fascinate the heck out of me. And so I, I'm very interested to hear more about this thing. Well, you're going to get all you can handle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so this was, this was first seen in the eighties is what you're saying? So yeah, it wasn't, We'll get into it, but yeah, okay. it wasn't, um, yeah, there were no sightings before 1980 or okay. I guess the 80s. I'm just taking some notes here out of interest. Absolutely. It's very encouraged, the note taking. <laughs> this is turning more into a history podcast than it's like a cryptid <laughs> or scary or horror podcast. Well, you can put all the sound in to make that. That's what we need is like a sound effects team, like a live sound effects team. Talking about not going to Mount St. Helens. That said, I haven't even been to Mount Rainier, which is only a couple hours southeast of me. So it's not that surprising that I haven't been to Mount St. Helens. I've been everywhere else in this damn state, but not those two places. So getting back into the history of or facts about Mount St. Helens, I guess. Everybody knows it's an extremely famous mountain because of its major eruption on May 18th, 1980. Actually just past the 40th anniversary this year of the eruption. So that'd be seven years before I was born. I was born in 87. 
mm-hmm. April 87. So this happened literally seven years before I was born. But, it, you know, it being so famous, I remember learning about this in elementary school and middle school history classes and science classes, talking about it and watching videos on it. It was and still is the deadliest and most economically destructive volcanic event in U.S. history. 57 people were killed, 250 homes, 47 bridges, 15 miles of railways, and 185 miles of highway were destroyed. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, my step my stepfather had a little... Um, do you know those, like, they're like almost magnetic uh, paperclip holders? Yeah, yeah, I remember those things. I, I think, he, if I recall correctly, he had, like, a keepsake that was, like, the top portion of it was, like, a paperclip holder, but then the bottom portion actually had, like, just a bunch of soot from Mount St. Hel- Helens. Okay. So it was, like, this, you know, this tchotchke, essentially, but it had, like, the, the thing was, like, the bottom half of it was just a, a box of clear ash that you could shake around that was clearly from from that. So I, that, I had a little keepsake in the house with something from that explosion, too. That's pretty cool. You know, yeah. just a way to remember the people and everything that was destroyed. Yeah, all the bones that were in that ash, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. This eruption actually caused 230 square miles of forest to be destroyed in just three minutes. The lateral blast traveling at over 300 miles an hour was able to scorch these 230 square miles of forest in just those three minutes. Mm. Thousands of animals perished in this eruption and very well could explain why there were no sightings of bat squatch until after this devastating incident. It's kind of strange. Think about it. You know, bat squatch had all this forest. Oh, no. Yeah. Just just to preface this, why this why this really this story starts to really fascinate me is I did a report on bats when I was in college. It was actually one of the one papers I actually completed in my short college run. But anyway, <laughs> I remember researching, and I don't know if this is true or not, but bats actually are uh, reported to account for one-fifth of the entire mammal population on Earth, and that even includes mammals in the water. So take like the Billions of people on Earth, all the monkeys, any sort of mammal you can think of, and bats account for one-fifth of that alone. But here's the strange thing. You never see these things. They're everywhere on every continent, but we like hardly ever see them. Maybe at night you'll see one flapping around briefly, but they are everywhere. So this, this cryptid is very interesting to me because bats themselves, there's tons of them, yet they're never seen really. You know, yeah. Well, you think about it. You know, most humans are day animals. Sure. You know, awake during the day, sleep at night, and you know, bats are the opposite. They're nocturnal animals, so it makes sense why you know people don't interact with bats on a daily basis. But yeah, no, that's a really good point. And the other thing that's gonna, I can't wait to hear more where this story goes. But I know they actually fall into their own like kingdom because. If you look at these things up close, they do have like little human hands. I think they are referred to as the like elves of the forest because if you look at these things really close, they're small miniature little like I think they're the only other mammal with the the thumb. Like if you oh, I, I don't know. Be. I mean the listeners could probably say I'm crazy, but I I remember my studies showing that like they have the five in it's it's strange. They actually have five digits. I think so. So like yeah. there's some like Monkeys don't lemurs have yeah, that? Yeah, they're too? like they're maybe they're little winged 
like hairy humans, basically. Like it's so yeah. strange. They're like dog humans yes. <laughs> with wings. So this is totally real to me. I'm already believing this, man. <laughs> well, I'm sure the listeners will fact check the shit yeah. out of us and tell us how stupid Absolutely. we are. <laughs> I look forward to it. So it's said that the eruption of Mount St. Helens in 1980 brought this creature out of hiding. It's shortly after this eruption is when the sightings began. With so many animals being displaced, the blast could have also destroyed this cryptid's home. It could be as simple as the creature's food source was wiped out, which forced it to travel further for a meal. Whatever the reason, there's no mistaking that the number of sightings of the bat squatch after 1980 blast went from zero to multiple pretty much overnight. Since the 80s, there have been dozens of sightings of a bizarre and terrifying creature flying in and around the mountain. It's Mount St. Helens. This creature lurks around the Mount St. Helens area and is basically a flying cousin of Sasquatch. Possibly a flying primate. This cryptid is said to have yellow or red eyes, a wolf-like muzzle, blue fur, sharp teeth, bird-like feet, and leathery bat wings that span up to 50 feet. The wings are debatable said anywhere from 12 to 50 feet it's also been described as an ape-like creature with wings so an ape-like face the blue fur like an ape or you know fur like an ape that's bluish purplish with these leathery bat wings this also could be mistaken for sighting of mothman another cryptid that probably a lot more people know about sure considering it also affected man-made things like mothman has been said to do a nightmarish beast that would terrify even the most diehard horror fanatic. Witnesses who have seen the creature up close report that the face does not look like the face of any known bird, but rather that of a very violent and determined gorilla. Whoa. And those unfortunate to have laid their eyes upon the creature and hear its eerie growl have given this winged terror a name closely resembling that of another mystery beast said to haunt the peaks of the mountain. Of course, again, I'm talking about the Sasquatch. They have dubbed the wing horror Bat Squatch, and the residents all agree that Bat Squatch scares the hell out of them. Often referenced as Washington State's official cryptid, there are reports of Bat Squatch-like creatures from Mount Shasta, California, to Butler County, Pennsylvania. A sighting in 1994 in rural Washington and subsequent Tacoma News Tribune article made Bat Squatch part of Washington State cryptid history, or lore if you will. With these multiple sightings of this winged creature over the last 40 years, starting after the eruption of Mount St. Helens, although they all differ ever so slightly, they all seem to describe a creature six to nine feet tall with bluish, purplish fur and large wings with glowing yellow or red eyes. So it sounds pretty fucking terrifying. <laughs> I do not want to run into a Dude. bat squatch. No. No matter how brief. There are a lot of cryptids out there, and I think this is like the last one I would want to <laughs> encounter. I think just the flying thing fucking gets me. Just the fact that like six to nine feet tall, ape-like, so strong well, enough to just like grab you and just take off. Absolutely, and it's so believable because, I mean, anytime you have, uh, you know, a small, like... When it comes to especially like mammals for me or like I, I can't even call it a mammal. I think it's in its own thing. Yeah, it's a mammal. I mean, but if there's, if there's a small version of it, there had to have at least existed previously a larger version. So right. if, if, if some of the larger versions stayed over, it's horrifying. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think I would rather, uh, honest to God, I think I would rather deal with a reptilian dinosaur, like from the past, than a a, a large human sized bat creature. Because oh, for I, sure. I just think the intelligence would be horrifying in the bat compared to the reptilian dinosaur. Well, have you seen the flying foxes before? Oh, uh, maybe. They're, I'm going to look one up. Yeah, I was going to just share my screen. Oh, okay, yeah, do that. Is it sharing yet? Yeah. Okay. So if you go here. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? See that thing? Yeah, like. I, but, yeah, like these. I mean, obviously, obviously the the listeners can't see what we're what we're looking at, but just Google search flying foxes, and you'll see these things range from like three feet to like I think four or five feet tall, but they're just enormous bats. But they have like fox colored fur, so they just look like big ass dogs. That is disturbing absolutely yeah. disturbing so and the fact that somebody could you know seeing the six to nine feet tall i mean these flying foxes are three to six feet they could grow up to so why can't there be a creature out there somewhere especially you know in one of these huge national parks that we have out here that nobody can touch animals in why can't there be one hiding especially like you were in, you were in talking about those, at the beginning it, with bats yeah. being so, you know, them being so elusive, they're, yeah, they're exactly. mythical, they're elusive, they're, they're stealthy. You do know they're everywhere, but you can't see them. And they all know how to find like a massive cave or a massive hole. They, they're just tremendous at hiding. And I, I mean, that picture of the, the giant golden crown flying fox is absolutely absurd. What you just showed me. And it's proof that, dude. If there even even something, if that exists here now, even something that, yeah. And, you know, obviously those flying foxes, I think, are over in Asia. I don't know what we would have here that would be even close to that. But, I mean, just the fact that something like that exists in the real world, why can't this thing, you know, maybe it isn't quite an ape-like creature. Maybe it is more of a, a bat just a huge bat that is still yeah. terrifying because what is that thing eating that's you know exactly just a, a mouse isn't going to be enough for that thing for a correct meal. so exactly i mean why can't this be real I, it's just insane during all this research that's kind of what kept coming to my mind is just you know these massive creatures out there that are it's real phenomenal that's phenomenal this is a phenomenal fine sorry i continue on so the first reported sighting actually occurred on April 19th, 1994 at 9.30 a.m. when 18-year-old Brian Canfield was driving a truck near Buckley, Washington. Buckley, Washington, that's also the uh, <laughs> the setting for Black Sheep with Chris Farley, oh, David Spade. Nice. I got even though, on top, Buck. <laughs> okay. Even though it was all like shot in California. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, so it's in the foothills of Mount Rainier, Buckley, Washington is. Okay. Canfield's truck came to a sudden and abrupt stop as a bizarre and terrifying creature appeared no more than 30 feet in front of him. The creature was described as nine feet tall with bluish fur. He said it had a wolf-like face, yellow eyes, tufted ears, and a large mouth filled with sharp white teeth. His feet were described as bird-like 
and on its back were two wings attached to the shoulder. So the bird-like feet, to me, if you look, again, going back to that flying fox bat that we were looking at, it absolutely has like those clawed-looking feet because it, you know, hangs upside down as it sleeps. So I could definitely see, I could see that as described. After an undetermined length of time, the creature unfolded its wings and took off with such force that Canfield's truck shook with the disturbance of air. The truck started again as abruptly as it had stopped. Brian Canfield drove home. Canfield later returned to the site of the encounter with his mother and a neighbor in hopes of finding some sort of physical evidence of the encounter. None was found. But local reporter C.R. Roberts of the Tacoma News Tribune actually interviewed Canfield and actually seemed convinced of his sincerity that this actually happened. He was so convinced he published an 800-word article based on the interview on April 24th, 1994. I wasn't able to actually dig up the article. There was like a snippet online, but I couldn't really read the article. I would have loved to actually read that. But it's real. It was definitely in the news back in 1994. Unbelievable. Just side note real quick. Over 1,100 different species of bats have been identified, and they know there's still more, they're saying. So that right there is a crazy diversity, 1,100. Um, and back to that thing, says they do take up 20% of the world's population of all mammals. That is wow. ridiculous. That is insane. Yeah, you're right on the money, one of five. So, you know... You know, again, I just I want to stress this to the listeners and everybody. If you you haven't looked this up about bats, I mean, these things are everywhere. There's a there's thousands of different species. They don't even have them all, and they're twenty percent of the mammal population. And when's the last bat you've seen? Like, right. it, honestly, ask yourself that. Yeah, I've lived I've lived thirty six years almost, and I the only bats I see might be a quick little blur at night. But there, that's exactly there's a it. lot more out there. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. You might every once in a while you get one that swoops down close enough where you see it, or you know you're looking up at the sky, you know, as the sun's going down, and just a bunch of bats fly by. That's about it. That's that's your <laughs> that's your encounters with bats. Wolf bats out there. Jeez, <laughs> Jeez. yeah, that would be fucking terrifying, or is terrifying to think about. But you know, you think about a place like Mount St. Helens or any. I don't yeah. think it's an actual national park, but there's so much forest around it that is uninhabited. So who the fuck knows? Well, and that's Absolutely. why Sasquatch I mean, is such a thing around here. What what happened to the this guy recently? This professor from Washington State? Did he get eaten by this bat? Maybe. Maybe. Who you knows? know what I'm talking about? This story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So who knows? Chalk up all these missing hikers to the bat. That's right. That's I mean, like- you have how many people go missing in national parks every year? You know, I'm going to chalk that up to some people just uh, going off the path, getting lost and probably getting eaten by a bear. But I'm sure that happens a fair amount. They're getting snatched up by the bat squatch, dude. Fucking bat squatch. That's down, Snatched them up. Yep. So in another incident in 1994, mountaineer and extreme sports enthusiast Butch Whitaker was preparing to scale Mount St. Helens when he was startled by an eerie sound from a ledge 100 feet over his head. When he looked up, his attention was drawn to a creature that should live only in nightmares. And being a sensible adventurer, Butch took out his camera, snapped off a few pictures of the disturbing creature. Although the figure in the fuzzy photos looks like a big purple blur, believers feel that the images are the best evidence to date. 
1994 actually must have been the uh, year up for the bat squatch sightings. Later that year, a second climber had an encounter with the flying monster. He watched as the creature tried to fly across the road and was struck by a speeding semi. A few moments later, a second bat squatch swooped down and carried its injured companion away. The climber got the impression that the second creature cared for the first like it was a child. Whoa. Yeah. So they're That's reproducing insane. out there, just so you know. And they're definitely smart enough to like go grab them so nobody sees them. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, it's another thing. Like, do they have what intelligence level do they have? It's crazy to think about. It really is. The local Native American tribes tell tales going back many centuries of small children being spirited away in the claws of the sky devil. Spirited away is a nice way of saying scooped up and fucking <laughs> taken for dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It is because of this creature that Mount St. Helens was considered a place of evil, terrible spirits, and bloodthirsty creatures of the night. That's again to the local Native American tribes. In an incident not around the Mount St. Helens area, Wisconsin author Linda Godfrey reported a man-bat sighting near La Crosse, Wisconsin, on the night of September 26, 2006. Interesting. Yeah, so we're less than 15 years ago. A local man and his son were driving on Briggs Road when a shrieking, bat-like, man-like creature flew across the road right in front of them, nearly hitting their car. They described the creature as six or seven feet tall with a 12-foot wingspan, clawed fingers and toes, and lips drawn back in a snarl over fangs. Mm. So it's not just Mount St. Helens. You got them out there in Wisconsin, too. Let's go. And again, it just goes back to, you know, again, Wisconsin's another place full of forests and woods. Yep. So who the hell knows? You know, this Similar. could just be like a, a different, you know, a cousin of Bat Squatch out here, a smaller version, maybe. Absolutely. So are these sightings of a creature who is able to stay hidden in the forest and back roads surrounding Mount St. Helens only to be displaced by a catastrophic event? Or perhaps these sightings are from the imaginations of their witnesses. I'll let you guys decide. Whatever the case may be, Batsquatch has captured the imaginations and, dare I say, nightmares of the people living in the Pacific Northwest. So much so, actually, that Rogue Brewing even has a hazy IPA named after this creature. <laughs> That's awesome. So Rogue Brewing Batsquatch. I've actually had it multiple times. I just drank it over the weekend, too. Still have awesome. one in my fridge. It's delicious, so I highly recommend it. I actually don't know how far Rogue Brewing distributes. I think they might be nationwide. Mm. But yeah, I don't know if they're owned by a larger company or not. Here's a quote directly from Rogue's website describing their beer. For years, rumors have circled that deep in the woods on Mount St. Helens lives the fabled Bat Squatch. While there are many tales of Bat Squatch... They're all a bit hazy on the details, which makes the truth such a juicy mystery. So what better way to honor the elusive legend than with a hazy IPA? Perfect for camping and potentially making a new friend. This juicy, cloudy IPA features intense tropical flavors and aromas. Thought that was a pretty great description. <laughs> Fit yeah, well into what uh, we were doing today. Pretty sure uh, Rogue is sponsoring this podcast now. Yep. Very nice plug for him there. Uh, absolutely. Shout out to Rogue Brewing. <laughs> but I mean, they do a, like, 
they're not just beer either. They do, uh, I think they do whiskey and oh, awesome. other stuff. Yeah, they have a distiller. Yeah, they have four whiskeys, two gins, two rums, and a vodka, actually. Nice. But I saw that they actually did a sriracha hot stout made with the uh, with sriracha. Wish I would have got my hands on some of that. Mm. Would have been, I would have tried that. But yeah, that's the story of Bat Squatch. Unbelievable. So I'm, I mean, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at photos of the flying foxes um, when they're just broad daylight hanging in trees. Have you seen these photos? Yeah, I've looked up they're, they're, <laughs> even yeah. well before I started doing research for this episode. So like even. Even these things, it's interesting. They look like just massive, like black bags hanging from a tree, basically. Yeah, when they, especially when they have their wings just completely enveloping them. Yeah, they absolutely yeah. look like these just big black trash bags. So again, if if things these size every day are hanging on trees somewhere, you know, and people don't see them, clearly these are like nature photographers who are like posted up who, who even knows if they're manning the cameras or if they're just like on you know what i mean these things aren't easy to see but if these things this size are hanging from trees absolutely in my opinion the bat squatch is real it's gotta be real no doubt in my mind yeah i mean i i'm a believer but also you know i'm just a believer in the cryptid world in general now taking this a step further I want to show you something really trippy that I remember in my research and thinking this is so trippy about bats real quick and it'll stick in the bat squatch thing. And I'm curious, actually, just can you go to go to Wikipedia? Just type in just type in bat and go to Wikipedia. So if you scroll down all the way down to uh, like it says, like classification. Yeah, I'm there. I found I find this really interesting for some reason. Okay, right there. In so first off, go ahead and click on the the Cairo the Chiroptera that image there, right there. Blow that up for a second. So over here, oh, right. yeah, blow that one. up. Blow that this up. One. Yeah, look at how fucking trippy this is. Now this is real. Now these are this is sketches done by a dude. I'll never forget when I first saw this. It blows my mind. Bats are also the only mammal species on the planet. You ready for this? That actually um, pollinates, like fucking has like sex with a certain flower. I got to find it. It's a fascinating story. But like there's one type of bat that actually fucking like impregnates a flower. Jesus. It's so weird. It's this relationship between a flower and a bat. That's crazy. But anyway, do you see how trippy those faces are? Yeah, for real. But now, but now back out of that. Now that you know, see what the like what they're trying to do. It's like a fucking orchid or an ink block test. And just go click on any of those photos of real bats. Yeah. And you'll you'll see why this guy started to do that because if you look at the faces, they like have these multiple faces within them. Right, yeah, there's just a ton of, yeah. It's like an ink blot test or some shit. Like, it's it's yeah, really it's, trippy. It definitely, like, sucks you in. You get, like, mesmerized by it. Oh, this, here, here we go. Bat, that's like the blossom, a common blossom bat from Aus Australia. Pollinate the flowers of plants that have evolved to produce nectar to attract them. That's what it is. So, like, it's either the flowers or the bats or something crazy like that that, like, 
they've had like a symbiotic relationship forever now. Okay. Um, and like they're, it's just very interesting. But anyway, that's, I don't know if that's for the podcast or not, but it's just, it's just another one of these things that bats are, you know, we didn't even talk about on the podcast is like Batman, you know, like even think of the inception of the comic, like the fact that, one of the earliest superheroes and popular superheroes is a is a you know a bat human batman i mean it's not like somebody came up with like bear man or <laughs> fucking you know salmon man like it, it's really it, there is something interesting that our brains or whatever historical thing has probably happened where the the comic superhero batman came from is is no surprise to me at all because of exactly this sort of um, a cryptid is so believable, I think, in the minds of human beings. And we have this strange relationship to these furry things that because that connection is so believable and real, that's why, in my opinion, Batman is such a successful comic book. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a it's a character a lot of people share. So I think it's just believable to a point, you know, where somebody having a, an intense fear and overcoming that is very appealing to people. So, yeah, I totally agree. But our fascination with, with bats, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for listening to this episode of Shame on the Night. Hope you all enjoyed learning about the Bat Squatch and some bats. <laughs>